Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Troy Dooley, the host of the Beachside CEO. We are heard around the globe on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio. Man, it has been, I mean, this is the first day we've not had rain. So, I mean, the clouds are gone, the sun is shining, and, you know, that can do a lot for you. No matter what you're going through in life, when all of a sudden the sun comes out and you realize the magnitude of what's before you, you can wake up with a brand new, passionate attitude. And I tell you what, it is uh, it has been one crazy week still going on all over the world. But we're in Ken Dunn's book, Being the Change, How Seven of the World's Inspirational Leaders Helped One Man Change His Life. And today we're getting into a little bit more of the nuts and bolts of what, what network marketing is all about. Really what direct sales, what, what any type of sales, when you get right down to it. I, I don't even think we've got to put this one just to network marketing because even though that's how Ken wrote this book because that's the, the expert, that's what he does, I like the fact that this, this chapter is called Prospecting Your Core Task. And he has a quote in here from Bill Gates. It says, smart, committed people with the right support and vision can have a huge impact. I want to say that again. Smart, committed people with the right support and vision can have a huge impact. I think that's what life is about. When, when you get right down to studying the great leaders and studying yourself, you start to see that Everything in life revolves around the word prospecting. And as we get into this today with Ken, I found it even even more true. He says, leaders in every area of life have one significant common thread. They identify their core task early on and they stay laser focused to it. The role that I play in network marketing is to report facts, facts that we uncover, facts that are given to us, and to give some some open and honest opinion based on what those facts are to help people determine a direction they should go. It's kind of like prospecting. I am constantly prospecting for the right facts, the right information. Where is it coming from? It's interesting because Ken goes on and he says, for every religious leader I've studied, their core task was love for God and to service to others, period. Love for God and service to others. He said the greatest business leaders in the world also have identified what they're best what they're best at and they stay completely focused on it, even though they may be involved in different business projects. He said, for example, Bill Gates. He's authored a number of books, invested in other companies, but his core task that he's identified is designing computers. And until 2006, when he reinvented himself, that's all he ever did. But in 2006, he transitioned into a philanthropist, and he founded the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. His core task now is to help others. It's interesting. But I don't... (coughs) Excuse me, what's even more interesting is that as a young boy, I'm talking about like 13 years old, Bill got hooked on computers. 
Within a week's time, he had surpassed the knowledge that his teacher had. He wrote his first computer program while he was 13. He never looked back. His core task has brought him prosperity. See, so many times in life, we think prosperity is just money. But yet, prosperity... And and I've said this, but never like Ken. Ken says, prosperity, as I define it, transcends the different types of leaders and the kinds of endeavors that they're involved in. He said, prosperity for a religious leader is how close he or she is to God and how much he or she can serve their Lord. That's what makes them prosper. Political leaders define prosperity as being significant and having an impact on issues that affect society. Prosperity for business leaders is not merely financial gain. They're driven by a desire for creating something good, something that can change the world. And in network marketing, prospecting is the only thing you get paid for. Now, at first I had to sit back and think, now, Dunn, what are you talking about? We get paid to move product. We don't get paid for prospecting. And then I I finished reading what he was saying, and I had an aha moment. He said, if you want to achieve prosperity in the network marketing, that requires that you focus all your energies on prospecting without distraction. Anything else will slow your process in reaching your goals. I thought, wow. And then it dawned on me, if I'm prospecting and I'm talking to enough people, they're either going to join my business or buy my product If they join my business, they're going to buy my product and get other people to join the business and get other people on the product who may or may not join the business. So it started to make sense. Now, Ken realized something early on. He said, I realized that when I called people on the telephone because of my credibility, I'd say, hey, I started a new business. I want to tell you about it. And they'd say, yeah, you don't need to tell me about it. You want my credit card? He says, I realize that's not duplicatable. But it did have something to do with credibility, and in all aspects of recruiting, that kind of trust is paramount. See, the trust is a big word. Trust is something that you gain over time, and you can lose it in a heartbeat. Now, you'll never lose trust with those that are closest to you, those that know what your heart is. But those, and this is interesting, those that you offend, you will lose their trust. Some people who want to hear you say one thing, good or bad, if they hear one thing and something different happens, you could lose their trust. I would contend that you probably didn't have their trust, you just had their respect. Ken learned something early on by, by Michael Klaus. Michael used to be one of the trainers that we'd bring in at ProStep. He said, I attended one of Michael's seminars shortly after I began my network marketing career where Michael said that people who join this business join for three reasons. They know you, they like you, and they trust you. I would contend that every relationship in your life, business, spiritual, personal. You build those relationships because they know you, they like you, and they trust you. Think about this for a minute. So many times in network marketing, you hear people say, just make a giant list of people that you know. 
Michael Bodine, I mean, uh, uh, Bob Bodine says it even better than that. He says, your list needs to include your who. You need to have your closest people on the list. See, if you just put a list together of people that you know, they may not like you, they may not know you, they may not trust you. And if they know you, they may not like you or trust you. So why put them on the list? Put on the list people that you know. See, trust is the key. You might know someone, and you may like that person, but do you trust them as an individual? It's interesting as I was reading Ken's book, because I've been going through some stuff this week, just like most of network marketing. And it's interesting to see the relationships that you have built. It's it's a powerful thing to see leaders rally around because trust that you've built. It's an amazing thing to watch, and it's an amazing thing to see. And I'm watching this with leaders in network marketing and what they're going through. Trust is so important. See, it's possible to be in business with someone and trust him or her completely, even if you don't necessarily like them all that much. I, I, I saw that and I thought, man, what's he talking about? And then I remember John Maxwell's 101% rule. Find the 1%... And give it 100% of your efforts. See, there's a lot of people in network marketing that I probably wouldn't want to be in business with. There's a lot of people in life. I go to church with people I wouldn't want to be in business with. Because I want to like them and trust them. But you know what? There's a lot of people at my my church and in business that I might not, or in my life that I may not be in business with, but I definitely trust them. I know that they're ethical and competent people. See, there's no way that you can go into business with anyone unless there's trust. When you're prospecting, when you're talking to people, if you're not building relationships first, then it won't last. It doesn't matter what the business is. For over 30 years, I've been telling people, if you're going to join a network marketing business, it better be for the right reason. The business better be the vehicle, but your mission better be larger than just making money, or you won't last or the business won't last. Relationship building is the key. And relationship building is only done through a step-by-step process. See, this is important. You can't just strike up a conversation with somebody and start puking down their throat about your doggone business. If you do, you're going to offend them. If you're at a party, a social event, and you start talking about business, you're going to offend them. See, the key distinction is your ability to prospect by building a relationship. By building a relationship and at the same time not offending the other person. That's not easy to do sometimes. But it's what you have to do. See, when you offend somebody, they won't let you know they're offended. I found this out. You might be at a party. You might be at a a church event. And they're going to be cordial and they're going to be nice and they're going to be smiling. But inside, they've already shut down. They've said, I'm done. Because you offended them. See, the opposite of offending a person is pleasing and delighting them. And Ken shares a story that I thought was good. He said, a number of years ago, 
one of the editors of Psychology Today magazine was writing a book on human behavior. As part of his research for the book, he bought a first-class plane ticket from New York to L.A. with the intention of sitting next to someone and only asking that person questions. He would make no declarative statements, volunteer no information, only ask questions. Sure enough, a man sat down next to him, and that's what he did for the next six hours as he flew across the United States. When the plane landed in L.A., the editor had his assistant interview his seatmate. Two remarkable things, this is interesting, two remarkable things came out of the interview. First, the man who sat next to the editor of Psychology Today admitted he didn't know the editor's name. A pretty good indication the editor didn't reveal anything. But the second thing was the amazing part. This man who sat next to the editor of Psychology Today who only asked him questions for six hours, said this. He was the most interesting person I'd ever met in my life. And yet all he'd done was ask his seatmate questions. So you can take a casual acquaintance, turn it into a phenomenal friendship by asking questions. People love to talk. People love to have somebody listen to them. A lot of times my mama calls me just to talk. She just needs somebody to listen. Sometimes my wife and I will go on trips. As we're driving down the beach, all she wants me to do is listen. So wouldn't it make sense that when you're prospecting, that you would ask questions and then just listen. See, if you want to build it, that's what you have to do. Ken says there's three steps that we can go on. Write these down. He says, number one, you want to call them. Number two, you want to refer them, talk to them, meet them. Number three, you want to follow up with them. See, he's... He says, imagine that you are pouring each of the prospects on your list into a funnel. Inside the funnel, you go through the three steps which allow your prospect to systematically review the merits of your opportunity, the owners, the management team, the products that you're marketing, the compensation plan, and the timing of your company. At the end of this systematic review, the process, the prospect rather, will emerge as either a yes or a no or a maybe. See, too many times we try to reinvent the wheel. We try to go out of our way to, to try to make something work that doesn't work. We think we know better. We think we can change it. Now, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you don't be a visionary. But sometimes the simplest processes are what works because you're dealing with human behavior. And it's a funny thing, over the last... I don't know, 10, 15,000 years, however long people have been on this earth. I know, I know some of you may be an old earth and not a young earth, and I'm not, that isn't a debate. That's way above my pay grade. But what I'm saying is, ever since humans have been interacting, human behavior has been about the same. And when you're talking about prospecting, prospecting is kind of like courting your lady. It's a process, not an event. I courted my lovely wife 
from the time I was 16 years old. Now, there were some dry spells in there where she went off to college. I went into the Marine Corps. I mean, different different things at different times took place. But at the end of the time, our relationship as friends over that time period had grew because of trust. I have people in network marketing today that I've been friends with for years. Matter of fact, I got an email yesterday from a young lady that I have adored all my life. And we went through a spell where, where we didn't talk. Our relationship got very, very strained. Haven't talked to her in seven years. Well, I guess it hasn't been quite that long. I guess it would have been five years. And she reached out to ask me some questions because of trust. See, prospecting is a process, not an event. You have to build friends, not income. Ken says this, one of my mentors told me that a millionaire in network marketing is defined as someone who has a million friends. If your focus is on relationships, the money truly does come, and often sooner than later. See, I'm a firm believer that you have to build the relationships. Now, some people will want to build a relationship that only takes care of them. Others will want to build relationships that are a two-way street. Ken says, many people choose not to join a network marketing business because they get offended at some point in the process. It might not be because they don't like the business, although they frequently say that's the reason. He said, I've learned over the years the reason is never the reason. If you can build trust with your prospect, the whole process is so much easier. And this is what I thought was great. He said one of the easiest ways to defend to offend someone is to prematurely bring up your business when they're not in a receptive mindset. You know, I'll tell you when this is, I mean, this is crazy, but I've seen this over and over. When I was growing up in church, we went to a, an Assembly of God church, started out as a small church, became a mega church. And we'd, we'd have people that would be in a network marketing business, come through those doors, and the next thing you know, they never well, they weren't talking about Jesus. They weren't talking about spiritual growth. They were talking about their business, trying to get people to join. And then the next thing you know, they'd left the church and gone somewhere else. I, 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 to this day, that just burns my butt. And you want to know something? In 30 years in the network marketing business, I have never, ever started a conversation out in my church to anybody about a network marketing business. There's some of them now that we have the, the Internet that follow me, and, and they'll come up and ask about a business. In my church, I have people that are that are successful leaders in s- several different companies, and not one of them have ever come up to prospect Troy Dooley because they know, man, that isn't, that isn't going to go over good. Some because they listen to the radio show. I don't want to be in their business. I want to be their friend. See, this is a reciprocatory type deal. See, if you if you you give, then you're going to expect to take. That, now that's just human nature too. You give and you receive. And if you're giving to people and they're building that trust with you and they love you and they care about you and you care about them, first and foremost, with no preconceived manipulation, eventually they're going to say, "Man, I want to repay pay her with just listening to what she has to say." See, that's important. Ken says, in the recruiting process, even though I never mention my opportunity the first time I meet anyone, 
I've developed a strategy that I've learned from my mentors. If I focus on getting to know the person first, if I begin to like them and trust them, let me stop right there. That's important. It's not about just building trust with somebody else. It's about you trusting them too. You may not want to be in business with somebody when you get to know them. He says, if I begin to like them and trust them, and if they begin to like and trust me, then by using the law of, well, basically reciprocatory, I can get their phone number every single time. My goal in any initial interaction with anyone is to start building a friendship, start building trust, and obtain a phone number. That's it. He doesn't even give out business cards to prospects. He only uses business cards with his organization. It's interesting when I read through this. See, any conversation you're in, if you're building trust, if you decide you like that person, you can tell that they like you, that you haven't offended them, then it's easy to say, hey, can I get your phone cover so we, a phone number so we can carry on a conversation down the road sometime? It's interesting. Some of you may be asking, okay, Troy, but, but let's get to the bottom line. We only have five minutes left. What's the ratios? You know, if this works for Ken, what's the ratios? Is it 1 in 10, 2 in 20, 1 in 50, 1 in 100? What is it? Here's Ken's theory. The odds of getting someone to join your network marketing business is 1 in 365. Interesting, isn't it? You may be saying, Dad, gum, the ratio is low. No, let me explain what that means. See, if you get the person in the right mindset, it's the right timing, everything is where it's supposed to be, and you've done this right and you both have built trust with each other, then when you actually ask about the business, if it's on the right day, at the right moment, at the right time, 365 days out of the year, that person would join. See, there is no magic formula. Ken writes this, prospect is a process, not an event. If you agree with my theory that every single person will join on the right day, then it begins. It becomes just as important to develop a system for following up properly with people as it does to introduce this business to new people. Both parts of the equation are equally important. And I'm going to tell you what, the weakest link that I see with network marketers is the follow-up. A lot of them learn how to prospect. A lot of them learn all kinds of sales techniques, overcome objections and all that. But they don't follow up. You know why? Because inside they say, oh, man, I don't know if that guy's going to join. I don't know if I, if I don't follow up, I'll never get a no. It's a, it's a self-fulfilling defeat it's a, you know, that you go through. Everybody does. See, it's interesting. Ken says this. It doesn't matter how often you speak to them. You want to speak to them in a way that allows you to continually follow up. You want to make sure that when you leave the conversation that they still like you, that you still have given them something that they can they can be happy about. You don't want to offend them. That's why your master list needs to be very important. And you also need to realize this. The way you prospect your new team member is the way they're going to prospect their new team member. Ken writes it this way. I realize that how you prospect someone is how you're training your prospect to prospect someone else. 
He said, success in network marketing requires following the simple a simple system from day one. Creating your master list is the first step. It's interesting, the last couple of minutes, because he says the qualities of top earners, and there's six of them. Number one, they're hard workers. Number two, they're honest. Number three, they smile easily. Number four, they're positive and upbeat. Number five, they have incredible drive and motivation. And number six, they stand out in a crowd. See, those are the six traits. Those are the six qualities the top income earners have. And it's nothing to do with their successful in sales. They know how to overcome objections. They're hard workers. They're honest. They smile easily. They are positive and upbeat. They have incredible drive and motivation. And they stand out in a crowd. There's so much more to this book that we're not going to get to cover today. This is one of the most important chapters. I would suggest you go buy the book. See, you know, Being the Change, Ken Dunn, I think you can get it on Amazon. Powerful book. Tomorrow, chapter six, how, no, have a why that makes you cry. I love this chapter. This is big. I'd suggest you get people to listen, folks. This is going to be awesome. Hey, this is Troy Dooley, the Beachside CEO. Live life. Like it's an epic adventure. Stay dangerous. Stay strong. And if you're in network marketing, act like it. You've been listening to the show on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice in positive powered radio.